0: You're listening to 99.1 SHAP Radio, KLCTLP, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Shap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether it's live on 99.1 FM online at shapradio.com or later on the LCU podcast. I'm Nathan Carcino, and Brendan Riker will be joining us later for our conversation with Todd Duncan. You're tuned in to another episode of the LCU Coaches Show featuring the head basketball coaches here at LCU. Joining me to begin is head coach of the Lady Shaps, Steve Gomez. Coach, thank you again. It's always a pleasure joining you.
1: Definitely. Another great week ahead.
0: Lady Shaps went one and one last week to move to sixteen and eight on the season, eleven and five in Lone Star Conference play. Thursday, it was a loss to Angelo State, sixty to fifty seven, and then a bounce back win at the rip on Saturday against UT Permian Basin, seventy to fifty. Coach Thursday's loss, it ended the 113 game home winning streak. I know it was on the minds of many in that locker room. What was your message to the team after that final buzzer?
1: You know, it's really interesting. I I don't know how much it was on the minds of those kids. They honestly, they didn't know how many. I guess they knew there was a streak. They had no idea how many. Which, in a way, I'm sort of glad. It's something we never talk about. It's never been, uh, you know, a focus of our team at all. We've we've just gone one and zero a lot of times in a row. And uh, you know, I just I didn't even mention that. I those kids have been tremendous, and they've. It's not a burden for them to carry. I mean, those players. It's this team. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of fortunate games. I'm telling you, over the years, when you look back, there's a lot of games that could have been lost very easily in that streak. So, uh, you know, it wasn't some incredibly crushing thing. I honestly think a lot of people around outside the program have carried it as a bigger burden than than the team has. And so it wasn't something to be mourned. (laughs) I feel like there was a lot of people that were just (laughs) – it's just sports. I mean, how many times is a team ever even in that situation to have – to have a chance to lose a game after that many in a row. And so it, it's something that's sort of humorous in a way. You know, you never want to lose a game, but just the reaction to it to me a lot of times was sort of Comical.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it last week on the show. It's not like it's a special rim or special quarter nets or anything. You just play well at home. And uh, although it was a loss, um, it was, like you mentioned, a great stretch of eight years for the fans. And I feel like the fans embraced that streak obviously more than the team might have. So as you kind of look back on what this run actually was, what does it mean for this program and really the university to make a name for itself in that way in the record books and even beyond that?
1: Yeah, you know. Just coming into Division Two, you know, NAI was super. We had so many good years in the NAI, and then to have a chance to play in Division Two and to, to start off with a national championship the first year. So we've seen those first six, seven, eight years a lot of success. And so it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, the home court's been great, but we just want everybody to enjoy the team. I think we have a team that's very uh, just high-quality people,
0: and that's the important thing is to have a great team, not necessarily to win games. On the floor, it was another wire-to-wire battle against the Rambells of Angelo State. What have you learned from this group after these two hard-fought games against one of the best teams in this region?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of games in this conference have been that way. I mean, we've seen a lot of two-point games, one-point games. You know, St. Angelo, they're really playing well. They've they've played well in close games. You know, they've had people make uh, clutch plays. I thought we had great shots. You know, I thought we missed some really good shots. Wouldn't trade them. You know, we'd take the same shot again. Uh, hopefully sometime next game, those will go in, theirs won't. And that's a lot of time, the margin of error in these really tough games with quality teams. And so, uh, again, I'm, we'll probably get to play them again in the conference tournament. So we're just looking forward to the next opportunity this weekend to go to Silver City and have a good battle.
0: They've been playing really well at home as well as Eastern. Uh, and mm. They're both pretty in the middle of fighting for their position in the conference standings but as we kind of recap what Saturday's game was against the Falcons of UTPB it was a pretty dominant first half performance that pushed LCU to the victory and the last time the Lady Shaps met the Falcons it was kind of the big fourth quarter that sealed the win so how effective was mm-hmm. the team in executing the game plan from the opening jump in this one on Saturday Yeah really good point cuz you know coming back after we didn't want Thursday's
1: loss to be another loss. You know, you could really, sometimes teams take a tough game and don't recover. So it was vital for us to get off to a good start. And, I, man, I appreciate our kids because Saturday we came out with great defensive intensity. We shot the ball well. You know, the first half, I think we we shot it really well, and so that always helps. But uh, to get up 41-14 at half, you probably couldn't write a better script for a comeback game. And so uh, it was just great to be able to do that. And then to play a lot of players in the second half and to keep the momentum going, really important for us. Uh, And I appreciate it. We had great support again on Saturday. It's just so fun to play at home.
0: And the last time LCU faced off against UTPB, it was earlier in the season, just the fourth true road game of the year. Um, And since then, we've gotten into that Thursday, Saturday rhythm of the schedule. Um, How has this team developed consistency-wise to kind of get them where they are today?
1: Yeah, that's really, you know, once January gets here, it's pretty uh, ritualistic every week. And so uh, we finally played well on the road last time, two, two games at Cameron Midwestern. And just to get in that rhythm now, and now we leave just Wednesday morning to go on another road trip, uh, it, it was important also, we were supposed to play that Tuesday game against WT last week. It was good to move that game to the end of the season, because that really would have been a lot of games in a short period. So just to keep on our normal, <laughs> it, really this time of year, we want to back off a little bit too, just physically, because some of those kids are playing a lot of minutes, so we want to give them a little rest on Monday in addition to Sunday. Then Tuesday, have a tough day, and then Wednesday's travel this week. So you sort of get in a, a physical, you know, we, we're not going to put a lot of new stuff in, and we don't want to just pound some of those kids with a lot of minutes this time of year. So some of the players that don't play as much get harder practices on Monday, and then we'll get into tomorrow getting ready for uh, Thursday's game.
0: And we mentioned it before, that bench production, maybe the players who don't always get the same amount of PT as some of the other ones, and we saw that on Saturday. Almost every player in the lineup's contributing in the stat column points-wise, and, I mean, almost everybody getting some minutes. Um, How valuable is it for them to always stay ready for when their number's called, as you mentioned, with some of the names like Macy Maddox or Grace Foster racking up those heavy minutes later in the season? You know, those kids, they practice
1: so hard, and – Everybody wants to play. We want players that want to play. Some of them know their role that they're not going to play as much. And so to get those chances to to get in games, it's really valuable, especially for our younger kids that haven't, uh, you know, next year, the coming years, they're going to be the ones that need to produce. And so just for them to get in the game, sort of in the third quarter, fourth quarter, when it's not decided totally, to have some quality minutes. And it also gives us some great video to watch with them so they can learn – you know, in practice, it's helpful, but there's nothing that simulates the game like the game. And so uh, those minutes are vital for them to succeed, for them to fail, for them to learn. And uh, it's just te- for team morale, too, it's so good to see those kids that are s- invested so much in the players that are playing in the first half, when they get in to see those starters and those kids that play a lot to, to cheer, to encourage, to support those kids that are doing that for them, it's just what a team is about. And so there's a lot of joy when those kids get a chance to play a lot
0: as we move into this week, it is the last true road trip for a weekend of games on Thursday, Saturday uh, of the regular season for LCU as they'll travel to Silver City, as coach mentioned, on Thursday to take on Western New Mexico. That's February 9th. And then they'll head back east to Portales to take on Eastern New Mexico on the 11th. Um, Two more road games coming up in like the last two um, back-to-back road games of the season. Um, How important is it to stay focused and stay locked in knowing that postseason is coming up. We got the conference standings, mm. shuffling, regional standings. Um, what is your message to keep everyone focused in between the lines?
1: Yeah, you know, even video today, a review of review of last game, good plays, bad plays. That's what we've been doing a lot. We've been looking, this is what's good, and this is what we've got to eliminate. So we're trying this time of year to more and more eliminate the bad play. And uh, I feel like there was times we did that this weekend. We still got to hunt that. So you're right. We've got to We've got to really start an ascent to consistent peak play because this time of year you can't afford, you know, one bad game, especially in the postseason, obviously it's over. And so we've got to really level out. And really the message is it's have a great possession. I mean, that's honestly what we've been doing really for a number of months now is just don't worry about the game or the, the consequence of the game. Just do the little things. Now, I, We talked about a quote earlier last week that uh, – You know, if you're too big to do small things, then you're too small to do big things. Uh, And so for us, it's just constantly trying to do the little things that'll make the game easier, especially on the road. You really have to bear down and can't afford uh, poor play on the road. So uh, we just want to see us in this last stretch, six regular season games, to set ourselves up for a conference tournament knowing we're playing at a high level.
0: At this point in the year, the Lady Shaps are sitting second in the West Division as well as tied with the fourth-best overall conference record. Um, A lot of meaningful games still left to play. I know you said six on the schedule, and almost all of those teams are fighting for position in that conference tournament. Um, What are you looking forward to the Lady Shaps improving on the most against these tough opponents to close out the year? Yeah, you know, I I
1: really think it's – a consistency, a defensive assignments, not having breakdowns of guarding a person the wrong way, of not helping, you know, when we should, of knowing what they want to do, and making sure we make them do something different. And then, really, offensively, the key for us is ball security. I think if we get good shots, we have a high probability of making shots. We've got good shooters, good scores, but we just can't waste possessions by throwing the ball away, even on. I think it was on Saturday, I think we had 10 turnovers in the first half, even though we scored well. And so if we in the second half, I think we only had four turnovers as a team. And so just really bearing down on those small details of the game uh, and in having every player bring their best. I, I think what we've seen, and uh, you know, some of it's my job to get it across to them of, here's what we need you to do every game. And so for those players to – bring their best, whatever it is, you know, if it's rebounding, if it's just take care of the ball, if it is scoring, you know, everybody do what you need to do for the team. And don't try to go outside the boundaries of what your your best play for us
0: is. Before we go, Coach, looking at Western New Mexico a little more, last time the Lady Shaps took on the Mustangs, it was a win, but this is a team who has battled against some of the best teams in the conference, a double or single-digit losses to TWU and Angelo State. Um, what is it about this Western New Mexico team that they, has made them so successful, and how do you think the Lady Shaps are going to be able to counteract that in this one on Thursday?
1: Yep, yeah, they, like you say, even at home this past weekend, they won two two-point games at home. Uh, and they've played everybody well. there in Silver City. There's a it's just a, a different environment, but it's not just because it's the gym. They're a solid team. They they don't do anything flashy. You know, they're not a team that you know d- shoots a ton of threes. They don't just go inside. They're versatile, uh, but they're not flashy in anything. And they just defend solid. I mean, they're really a team that doesn't hurt themselves defensively. And then offensively, they've got a few kids that can score. So we're going to have to really make sure we don't allow uh, their leading scores to lead them in scoring. I mean, that's going to be an important part of this one. Uh, And then we just need to go in with a mentality of, hey, you know, we, if we play to the best of our ability, we know we're going to have a really good chance to win. Uh, We just have got to play to our level. And Western New Mexico has played a high level at home. So it's going to be a good battle if both teams play well.
0: We're very excited for the one on Thursday as well as the one on Saturday. It's the last true road trip for the Lady Shaps before they'll be back at home and then a home and away series with WT to close out the regular season. Um, We're really looking forward to the rest of the season as well as this weekend. So, Coach, thank you so much for your time and good luck this week.
1: Yeah, thanks, Nathan. You guys are really great at uh, supporting and, and covering all the things athletically here. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. And we'll be back with more from the head coach of the men's team, Todd Duncan, right here on the LCU Coaches Show. You're listening to the LCU Podcast and 99.1 SHAP Radio.
2: We're back with the LCU Coaches Show live on 99.1 SHAP Radio and on demand on the LCU Podcast. We just finished up with head coach Steve Gomez of the Lady SHAPs. We are now joined by head men's basketball coach, Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well, thank you.
2: Absolutely. Now let's get into Thursday's game against Angelo State. Taking a look at that game, one of the big stories from that game was Russell Harrison getting in foul trouble early and not being able to contribute in that game like he has in previous games. How nice is it to have a leader like Rowan McKenzie who can maintain the composure of the rest of the team and step up big on both ends of the floor?
3: Well, Rowan's kind of proven that all year. He's been a go-to guy. He's been a, a good, strong leader in the locker room, away from the floor. Even on the court, you know, during practices, he'll talk to guys. He'll he'll just use the time that he spent in our program to help these young guys who he knows we're going to depend on and, you know, are going to help us win games. So he's – it's really invaluable in a lot of ways because when someone's been there, done that, the coaches obviously have their voice, but when a player – who is obviously doing really well? Um, who wants to win? Who is in the gym early every morning, putting in work? Uh, you know, he has the trust and the respect of the rest of the guys, and then he's just shown it from the performances that he's put out there that he's somebody we can depend on and count on. And Russell has too. Um, but you know, it's not always going to go the way you want it to. Um, you put in your time, you you prepare, etc. But um, you got to be able to adjust when it's not going your way. And and Rowan was cramping that game. He got a uh, knee in the in the thigh, and he was bothering him the whole night. He ended up getting an IV on Friday. Um, he was just battling through a lot of stuff, and yet uh, he just found a way. Um, hit big shot after big shot, big rebounds, the stop that he got at the end. And that's what you need. If you're going to have a winning team, you can't just expect that every game is going to go the way you want it to, that everybody's going to perform you know, that's, that just goes without saying. And so good teams have guys that step up when, you know, it's not going the way they need it to or want it to. And, uh, you know, to Rowan's credit, you know, he just finds a way. Um, even on the nights that he may be struggling, he's having a pretty good game by most people's standards.
2: And then fast forward to 17 minutes left in the second half. Chaps were down 46-35. Angela State's clicking on all cylinders. They finished the game shooting above 50% from beyond the arc. Uh, LC was able to cut the deficit between six before a media timeout. Did you have a message to rally the troops in that timeout? And if so, what was it?
3: Well, sometimes you find yourself pointing out the obvious. Um, It might be, hey, they've got the momentum or we need to get a stop. And really it was more just to encourage them like, guys with every the way things everything is going we're still right in this game we still have a chance they're obviously playing at a high level we've missed some open shots we've you know done some things that have kind of put us in this situation but from media to media we were still making ground so we talk about you know even if you're taking 3 steps forward and 2 steps back you're still making progress so inch by inch little by little there's no home runs there's no grand slams we're not getting it back in one possession let's just make sure that we're um, doing the little things because these possessions matter at the end as well. you know, little do you know you're gonna be in a one point game uh, having a lead and and you, as you look back, are you glad you did all these things? Of course you are because that ultimately is what added up to the victory and uh so every media, whatever the lead or deficit was, we were we were cutting into it, even if by one point, so sixteen twelve, eight, you know we're looking and and we're we're we've cut the deficit so just pointing out to those guys, like whatever it feels like, this is reality. We're right there, couple stops, couple buckets, and you know we're going to find ourselves with the lead in this game with a chance to win it. So let's stay locked in. Let's keep our body language up. Let's let's. Uh, we always talk about being stone faced, good or bad. You know we're not. The next play is the most important. Let's be locked in on that. And and that was the message to the guys.
2: Late in the second half, Angelo State has the ball, and their head coach Vinny Patel calls a timeout. Five seconds left, LCU with the lead, 67-66. I think it was no surprise to anyone in the Rip Griffin Center that no matter what was going to happen on the next play for Angelo State, their star player, Kevon Godwin, was going to get the ball. We've seen him do this time and time again all season long for the Rams. In that timeout, what were your points of emphasis on defense?
3: Yeah, just one. Let's eliminate anything easy at the basket. Let's make sure we're communicating on any screens. They've got some size and length. We just didn't want them to get a strike right to somebody under the basket and get an easy layup. You know, force the pass away from the basket. You're not probably not going to be able to keep them from getting the ball inbounds. So let's just make sure we make their cut, their their touch, or their cuts going towards the um, three point line away from the basket figuring they're going to try to get downhill. We really didn't have a foul to give, so we wanted to make sure that we didn't put them on the foul line, and and then they could get their defense set. So, you know, Godwin catches it there about, um, you know, a little closer than I would have wanted. Um, Najib did a good job recognizing that Rowan needed some help, and Rowan, you know, uh, was right there, and uh, got a hand in there, and the ball squirts loose, and fortunately we secured it, and you know, the drama was still <laughs> unfolding at that point as we have to go make some free throws.
2: Yeah, and uh, as history would write it, McKenzie does make that play as Godwin puts up the ball and he loses it midair. Rowan uh, snatches it down. Godwin fouls him, and then McKenzie goes to the line and misses both free throws, but on the second missed free throw, the ball's tipped into the air by Curd, and then pushed almost like a volleyball set in the air by Fletcher McDonald and then Aaron Gonzalez holds on to it time expires LCU wins during that entire process what was going through your mind
3: well we're talking about all the different scenarios if we're up one if we're up two if we're up three you know if you're up three it's a little different scenario because they can't really make a shot to beat you they can just tie you so you know some teams foul some teams don't we've kind of been 50-50 depending on the situation what we want to do you know when he missed the first one we used our timeout to talk about all the scenarios now Um, Angelo still had a timeout I think if they didn't have a timeout we might have missed on purpose Um, because like we said if you're up one or two a three is going to beat you anyway and if they had to go full court in two seconds they're probably shooting a three Um, so you know we're debating all that and sometimes you just overanalyze it, or you are just there's so many scenarios you got to pick one. And I said, Rowan, hit the th- hit the shot. Bring Kurt and Fletcher in. Said, Hey, if he misses, keep it in the keep it alive. Get it in the air. Whatever you do, just get a hand on it. And the clock will start. So whatever it does, even if they end up securing it, it still is giving them less time. Uh, we did the same thing at Cameron on Saturday. We put Fletcher on the ball and just told him to get a tip and he ends up getting a deflection and the clock starts and runs out. And um, So, you know, th- those are big plays. Um, I don't even know, there's there's not even a stat for a deflection on official stat sheet, but those are huge. Just keeping a ball. There's some stat, I think it's like 70% of all rebounds or second touch rebounds. Rarely is somebody just going up and getting it on the first touch. Obviously that happens some, um, but most of them are second third-touch rebounds, multiple touches. So we always talk about, like, hold your block out, secure the ball, keep it alive, and, uh, you know, Kurt did a great job, and then Fletch did a, you know, kind of um, compounded the situation by going up and getting, or in a positive way, both hands on it and keeping it alive again, and and uh, time runs out, and we secure the victory. So it was really intelligent execution of of something we had talked about in a timeout, and where we say, you know, we got to take it to the floor. We got to execute.
2: We talked about these guys Thursday, you and I, in the in the Chaparral wrap up show on the SHAP Radio Sports Network. But for those who missed that, can you talk to me about the collective performances of Aaron Gonzalez, Kurt, and Kendall Dow, who combined for thirty two points.
3: Well, when your bench is giving you that kind of production, I know Kurt and Aaron aren't our are starters, but really your your Russell Rowans are kind of your pencil in what you think they're going to probably give you each night, and then you look where's the rest of the scoring going to come from? And it was a really low scoring game. I mean, we're we're used to playing a little lower possession game, but uh, you know when you can see the ball go in, I thought Kendall played really well, hit some key shots. I think Aaron was four for four in the second half. Um, you know, just the mentality when you, the shots don't go in the first half. You go up there, you kind of have a conversation with yourself, and, and to just turn it around and come out and make big-time clutch shots, um, several of them just when the lead seven, eight points, and it cuts it to five. Um, those are huge. And then I think he hits the one that either ties it or puts us ahead. Kurt had several buckets in the last four minutes that, um, you know, were answers or just kept us with a slight lead. And uh, in traffic against taller guys. So it's always a team effort. Sometimes the the stars stand out because of, you know, they're the stars and they're the ones doing some heavy lifting. But the, you don't do it without those other guys, setting the screens, delivering the pass, the practice time, all the little unseen hours that the dedication, that to me is what makes basketball a great game. Takes so much unselfishness. And uh, I always say, if you can be good at basketball, you can probably be good at anything because you got to play a role, you got to submit what you think's best for the betterment of the team. That's truly what mental toughness is. And uh, I just love that our, our guys were able to enjoy that victory because you know we played good enough to to win, and it really just came down to making a play. You know, the difference in how you feel is huge, but the difference really in who wins and loses is very small. And so you just have to be dedicated to put in the time and energy to to give yourselves a chance, and and we were able to do that.
2: The defense stepped up big in this when he talked about how LCU is more accustomed to playing uh, low-scoring, low-possession games. But LCU was able to capitalize off 18 Angelo State turnovers and score 26 points off those turnovers. How was the defense able to put up a, a performance like this against a very lethal Angelo State offense?
3: Yeah, I mean, they they have – everyone on the court for them is is a threat to score, and a couple of them at a high level. Um, Yeah, we – the stats, I think, were almost identical for almost every line except turnovers, and so we felt like uh, that was probably the difference. We just got a few more possessions out of it, and, uh, you know, the wins are usually in those small little details. So, defensively, just uh, I think we were forcing their big guy into some – some tough catches and passes in the paint, and some uncharacteristic turnovers, and then just here or there a loose ball, um, a deflection. And, you know, Rowan got a couple of steals in transition. You know, those are those are just big plays. I remember Kendall coming one time down on transition, a little shovel pass to Russ for a bucket and an Am one. Uh, you know, it's I repeat myself so much that I, I kind of I'm aware of it too. You know, but. It is those details. It's the small things. It's the process. It's not just cliche or coach speak. I mean, there's a reason those things are being said at every level in any sport. You have to be willing to do the little things, the mundane things. The routine can't become routine. And uh, give yourselves a chance. And uh, thank goodness we were able to and uh, and get the win.
2: Final score in that game was 67-66. LCU gets the win over the 15th-ranked Rams. Then turnaround Saturday, LCU picked up where they left off. And they hosted the University of Texas Permian Basin Falcons, aka UTPB. Chaps earned a regular season sweep over the Falcons winning 69 to 55. In that game, it seemed like both teams stuck very well to their game plans. Would you agree with that statement?
3: Yeah, like we've like we think UTPB is really good. They had uh taken WT to the wire on Thursday night. I uh, mentioned, uh, I think, to you or somebody that their point differential is like .7 for the year, so less than a point has separated their wins and losses. So they're, they're right there in games. Um, we knew it was going to be a battle. We feel like they have some very talented players. They're very well coached. They run their stuff really well. They did a great job just getting the ball where they wanted to in the paint in the first half. We're a little undersized in there, and uh, – you know, I thought we made some good adjustments at halftime. Our guys did a really good job of sticking to the plan. But what I like, you know, we were we were getting good shots, um, but we were kind of settling for some threes at times too, even though I think we had seven threes at half. I just felt like, you know, it felt kind of like the Midwestern game where they were establishing the paint and we were just kind of depending on outside shooting. And I just said, we've got to establish ourselves in the paint more and get to the foul line. We're not putting any pressure on them to foul us. And they're just pounding it inside on us. So um, I thought we did a better job, a concerted effort in the second half. The irony of that is when you commit to that, you end up getting better rhythm shots on the perimeter. And then they're in rhythm and you got the right guy shooting them. Those are high percentage shots as well. So we always talk about the winds are in the paint, not necessarily scoring in the paint, but getting the ball there. Now the angle for the pass coming inside out. You put some pressure on their D, you've collapsed it, et cetera. And uh, – You know, guys just made some big shots too. There's no question there were times where it wasn't going great and a guy just made a play. Russell uh, certainly did, had a huge game for us.
2: Talking about Russ's performances, he led the way with 27 points and nine rebounds, one rebound short of a double-double. Similar to Thursday, a leading scorer in McKenzie got in foul trouble early and sat out for a large portion of this UTPB game. I asked Russ this in the post-game show on Saturday. And he had a different uh he thought differently than what I was thinking but was there a deal between Russ and Rowan that since Rowan had a, a step up in Russ's absence on Thursday Russ had to do the same thing for him on Saturday
3: yeah it's kind of ironic how it worked hopefully there's no deal I'd like them both to be at their best each game you and know that's let's, fair don't, let's don't uh you know it's your turn now like uh these games are too tight but yeah I mean, there's one ball and only some one person's getting to shoot it out there so you know you want to go the hot hand and that's what I love about you know even Rowan I think he's the leading score in our league he's struggling with foul trouble a couple of them you know just are tough calls where you know it just it's just tough I mean it messes with you when you're frustrated and you're not getting to play your team needs you and so for him to sit over there and and be a great teammate and watch the, the, his teammates, who usually are sitting over there encouraging and cheering for him, uh, go perform and help us get a win when we're up one at half and in a lot of ways maybe felt like we were down. Um, that's that's a, just a huge credit to, to Rowan's unselfishness, but also to those other guys who stepped up when their opportunity came.
2: And then also in Russ's performance, in addition to leading the way in scoring, I believe he had either three or four assists in that game against UTPB. Can you speak on Russ's maturity? Because obviously he's an older guy. He's a grad student, played a couple years Division One at Louisiana Monroe. But can you speak on how he has matured in his game this season alone?
3: Yeah, I think like the maturity to me when we talk about that is – is just understanding like what this team needs for me to do to help us win. And I think sometimes you think it's scoring, but sometimes it might just be the threat that you are on the floor might get somebody else an easier look, kind of one of those unseen stats. Um, but in this situation, we needed Russ to score. And uh, we needed him to – the thing that he did, he did it efficiently. He wasn't a volume shooter. He took the right shots at the right time. And I just think the game – uh, when you play the game the right way, you end up finding the right shots at the right times, and, and then you got to finish the play and make them. Um, but our guys do a good job moving, cutting, screening, finding the right guys. Najib's about as unselfish a player as you could want to play with. And then um, you still got to finish it with the shot. But what I was proud of Russ is he was having to guard a bigger player. He did a good job one-on-one in the post some. He did a good job helping. He didn't have any turnovers in Saturday's game. And uh, like you said, he had the assists. He had a complete game. So the 27 points stands out. Nine rebounds is huge. Um, but, yeah, those three assists lead to some points. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the no turnovers, you know, it's just we don't have any empty possessions where we're not getting a shot. All those things just uh, collectively add to, to an overall performance. And Russ has uh, been in a lot of battles, as you said. Um, He's had different roles on different teams. He's been at different stages of his life. And I just think, you know, getting Russ and now as we're late in this year, I think just the understanding of the role, how he can impact winning, you know, we're trying to coach him a little different, I'm sure, than these other guys did on things that we're emphasizing. So, you know, to have been a successful player but still leave room open up to, to be coached, to listen, to, to change, to do whatever it takes to help this team win – is what I appreciate
2: most. LCU now boasts a six-game win streak dating back to the beginning of that four-game road stretch with the win against UT Tyler. Is it easy or is it hard to get this team to not focus so much on the streak as much as just focusing on taking care of business the next time they step onto the hardwood?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think we just are focused on like, let's have a good practice today. I'm sure, I like, to me, a win streak should give you confidence, um, but don't let it. But don't forget how hard it was to get that going. You know, and don't forget that you know, it was just six games ago that somebody beat you. So, um, and it's ironically a team that we're playing on Thursday night. So, we have to remember uh, that the margins are small, that we're capable of winning any game on our schedule. But if we don't show up with the right mentality, we're also capable of losing it. And uh, I think that's what makes it so exciting and challenging.
2: Coach, thank you for joining us today, and good luck this weekend. That'll do it for us. LCU basketball will be on the road Thursday in Silver City to play Western New Mexico, then in Portales on Saturday to face Eastern New Mexico. Of course, that's for both the men's and women's programs. You can catch us next week at the same time with another edition of the LCU Coaches Show And of course, you can always catch the show on demand on the LCU podcast. This has been the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 SHAP Radio and the LCU podcast. God bless and good night from Lubbock.